Welcome to Faithful Echoes, the sermon podcast from St. Luke's Episcopal Church in Cleveland, Tennessee. New episodes are available every Monday featuring the Collect of the Day, Scripture readings, and Father Joel Huffstetler's insightful sermon from the previous Sunday. Perfect for catching up on missed sermons or revisiting favorites, find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and our website at www.stlukescleveland.org backslash podcast. Subscribe now for spiritual reflections that fit seamlessly into your week. A reading from John. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Why then are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The word of the Lord. Well, we've made it to the third week of Advent. The way the calendar falls this year, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day are close. Very near now. Once again today, we get to enjoy the symbols of Advent. This beautiful blue and the lights. Beautiful. Again, a gentle reminder to all of us, um, the colors of the church year are not a hard set of rules. It's just tradition as to what color is up at what time of year. But the colors are meaningful. It's a part of worship in the liturgical tradition. To use blue in Advent is a relatively recent idea, certainly in the last few decades. Many of us will remember that the color used to be purple in Advent, just like in Lent. And there is a reason for that. People used to think Advent and Lent were closer together in meaning than we typically do now. So much so that even I remember when I came into the church in the middle 80s that many people would refer to Advent as a little Lent. That used to be part of our vocabulary. 
as Episcopalians. You uh, probably won't ever hear that again after this meditation. People just don't think so much anymore about Advent and Lent being that closely linked together. But they have been linked together historically, and the reason is they're both about preparation. Of course, Lent is a time of preparation for Easter, and Advent is still a time of preparation for Christmas. In my reading this week and getting ready for today's meditation, I came across this about Advent and Lent, linking them together theologically, that they, quote, invite us to be especially reflective and considered. It's meaningful phrasing. Both Advent in its way and Lent in its way are meant to put us in a mindset of reflection and consideration. This is the fourth year we have to make sure my fingers are right. The fourth year we've done these Advent meditations. The reason they developed is we wanted to make a gesture, an overt gesture here in the church, that Advent is meant to be a time to be especially reflective and considered. And so in addition to those of you who are here in person, we have numerous people who enjoy these meditations Uh, either live or later or online. So Advent is meant to be especially reflective and considered. But we know in reality how hard that is. I made my to-do list this morning for the rest of the day. I'm going to have to work at being reflective and considered. But it's worth the effort, isn't it, to carve out time to reflect, what's this really all about? The increased activity, the gift giving, the getting together. Of course, it's important to reflect on the true meaning of Advent and Christmas. It's hard to keep Advent separate in our culture. For weeks now, I've been hearing people say, Merry Christmas. I want to be absolutely crystal clear. If somebody in this culture and this world is nice enough to say Merry Christmas to me, I will be very gracious and will say, you too, and mean it sincerely. Anybody gracious to me, I'll try to be gracious to them. But we know that really Advent is meant to be kept separate. Not just to do it, but to remember that Advent is meant to be a discreet time of year when we reflect on and prepare to truly celebrate the deepest meaning of Christmas. So each week during these meditations, we pray the collect for that week. In Advent, and today we have one of the most memorable colics in all of the prayer book that we'll hear in just a few moments. For the third week of Advent, we pray, Stir up your power, O Lord, and with great might come among us. 
and because we are sorely hindered by our sins. Let your bountiful grace speedily help and deliver us. It's one of the great colics in all of the prayer book. Stir up your power, O Lord, and with great might come among us. I remember our dear, beloved parishioner, Sid Bowen, whenever I would be at prayer breakfast on Friday mornings before the third Sunday of Advent, Sid would catch me before breakfast and he would say, you know, Rector, it's stir up Sunday this week. I can hear his voice today, right now, in my mind. It's stir up Sunday, he would remind me. I'd say, yes, it is. It's beautiful wording, isn't it? Stir up your power. O Lord, and with great might come among us. There's an irony there, isn't there? Come among us when we know he's already here. So there's an irony there that we're well to reflect on and consider. In a piece on Advent, Rowan Williams, our former Archbishop of Canterbury, writes, we're still waiting... There's that word for Advent. We're still waiting to see what might happen if Jesus was allowed into our hearts that bit more fully, that bit more radically. So stir up your power, O Lord, and with great might come among us. Yes, of course, he's already here. But have we fully received his love. Do we fully recognize the depth and the possibilities the Lord's grace and power? It's a really poignant observation by one of our great Anglican theologians, Rowan Williams. We're still waiting to see what might happen if Jesus was allowed into our lives that bit more fully that bit more radically. So Advent does invite us to be especially reflective and considered. Another great Anglican theologian is Martin Percy, and Martin Percy has written about Advent. Advent is a time of preparation. For some, that is simply a form of spiritual patience that bides its time until Christmas. In other words, waiting to say Merry Christmas for some people is their primary focus in Advent. But Percy goes on. For others, the season is about decluttering, simplifying, (coughs) and clarifying. It's hard to do in Advent, isn't it, in our culture, to declutter, to simplify, Clarify. It's hard to do amidst the busyness of what we've come to know as the holiday season. I will tell you on a personal note, I actually did some decluttering this past week in a physical way. I actually made some progress on something that's been on my mind for months. And I do want to say in the context of this meditation, I didn't just do it for practical reasons. It was meant to be a spiritual exercise. In the context of Advent, I'm actually going to focus on this and do it 
rather than let it continue to hang over my head. So it's a very simple process in the end. But it was undertaken with a spiritual point of view. And it's still not too late in this season of Advent for us to declutter, to decide to simplify some things, or to clarify in our mind what really matters here. Where should my attention and focus really be? It's great prayer book language. Stir up your power, O Lord, and with great might come among us. Martin Percy says further about Advent. Advent is a time of preparing to receive God afresh and making space for him who is to come to be received once more. Of course, we know the Lord's love and grace, or we wouldn't be here. He came for us 2,000 years ago. And yet each Advent is a fresh opportunity to make more room for Him. To receive Him once more, maybe a little bit more deeply, a little bit more fully. It's important for us to remember amidst, amidst the symbols of Advent that the symbols represent expectancy and hope. So here again in the middle of Advent, we meet John the Baptist for two Sundays each year in Advent. We focus particularly on John in the Gospel lesson. And of course, the reason for that is if anybody has ever represented preparation It's John the Baptist. John the Baptist reminds us that as he prepared a whole nation to receive their Messiah, Advent is our time to receive again in a fresh way the good news, the grace and love of Jesus Christ. So I would like to share with us the one of the best summary statements of John I've ever read. It's by our friend, Fleming Rutledge. And she writes, He, John, is the last and greatest of the Hebrew prophets. But far more important, he is the first person to belong to the arriving age of the kingdom of God. In the ministry of John the Baptist, the entire prophetic tradition arrives at its goal as he electrifies the people with his proclamation that the time is fulfilled, the day of the Lord is about to dawn, the Messiah is about to appear. Rutledge goes on to say, with the announcement of John, the world begins to turn on its hinges. Of course, the announcement is... Make straight the way of the Lord. Messiah is coming. Get ready is the lasting message of John. 
we get to hear it again this year. We hear it in this moment. Make straight the way of the Lord. Declutter. Simplify. simplify, Clarify. Focus. On the love. The grace. The hope. The newness of life. That Jesus offers us at every moment. Martin. Percy says further, So often we fail to live the life God sets out before us. We know our duty, but we have yet to discover the joy. I was a little tick slow a minute ago on the glory to the Father thing because I was counting how many times joy appears in the psalm. Three times in one psalm, we see the word and hear the word joy. It's a profound observation by Martin Percy. So often we fail to live the life God sets out before us. We know our duty, but we have yet to discover the joy. In my own life and ministry, I realized that for about the first half of my 30-plus years of ministry, I served largely out of duty. I knew I was called to serve I knew it was important to serve faithfully. And I did that for half of my career, largely out of a sense of duty. About mid-career, I realized you're missing out on a lot of what it means to be a servant of Christ. The joy. The joy of knowing that we don't have to be perfect all the time. We're meant to bask in the love and the forgiveness, the grace and the peace that Jesus came to offer us. It's important in Advent to remember the message of the angel. After all, all the preparation of Advent is meant to remind us the importance of the message of Christmas. There is that precious moment when Luke tells us that the angel said to those bewildered shepherds who had no idea what was unfolding, do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. That's what this is all about, the intentionality of a set of meditations. The effort and the vision that it takes to decorate. The preparation for what we know is coming. Christmas Eve and day. It's all to alleviate our anxiety. To remind us that Jesus' message is one of peace Love and hope. So I finish with this. Here in mid-Advent, we are reminded of the importance of John the Baptist. He is strange to us. And he was strange to his contemporaries. Twice in today's gospel lesson, questioners of Jesus ask, Who are you? 
And they meant it. Who are you? Why are you dressed like that? And who are you to tell us what we're to think and believe? Of course, John went on to tell them exactly who he was. And history has proven him to be right. He was the herald of the coming of the Messiah. But who are you is a question we get to answer ourselves at every moment, whether we consciously think about it or not. Who are you? Who am I? We get to answer that question in our thoughts, in our words, and in our deeds at every moment. And we can change direction at any moment if we don't quite like who we are in that moment. That's the hope of the Christian life, to repent and to begin anew. One final thought from Martin Percy regarding Advent. All of us need to keep on remembering who we really are. We forget that we are children of the light and that we live and move and have our being in the everlasting love that is God. Amen.